Hey ladies, welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to be speaking to Eliza Spencer, who's a certified personal trainer with a degree in kinesiology and the owner of Breakthrough Fitness with Eliza. The reason that I wanted Eliza to come on the show today is that Eliza believes in the philosophy that I talk about a lot in this group of starting where you're at and then individualizing your program based on what your background and goal is so that it meets your needs, not somebody else's needs, but it meets your needs starting where you are at this point today. In this episode, we reviewed the different kinds of exercise, the all or nothing thinking that I think a lot of times comes with food and then also with fitness. The myth about weight training leading to someone having big muscles and particularly ladies having big muscles. And we also talked about good post-workout foods. Eliza's own journey to fitness started as she was pursuing a path to medical school, but then became really passionate about the preventative side of helping people and guide them to live active, healthy lives. Eliza was able to see how capable her body could be when she used a plan, had support, and really figured out what proper nourishment meant to her when she was prepping for natural figure competitions, as well as her own pregnancy and postpartum fitness journey. Eliza provides online virtual coaching and even has an app that has video demonstrations for every exercise. And also you have access to support as you go. How cool is that? Eliza also provides Zoom virtual training and has an option for a mind-body program where Eliza works with you to establish healthy habits, mindset, and body image. Not only does Eliza have her degree, but she also has multiple certifications, including personal trainer, orthopedic exercise specialist, fitness nutrition specialist, and yoga teacher training. Eliza can be found on Instagram at Eliza Spencer, and on her website, BreakthroughEliza.com. That's Breakthrough, B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-U, by Eliza.com. Please welcome Eliza to the show. Welcome to the Whole Health Empowerment Project Podcast. This show is for busy mamas like you with a desire for better whole health balance, but are feeling overwhelmed and busy and don't know where to start. Hi, I'm Trisha Stefankowitz, registered dietitian, nutrition coach, and I'm here to walk you through the whole health journey so that you can begin to feel ultimate fulfillment in who you are meant to be. In this podcast, you'll learn practical tips to get you started motivation to keep you inspired, and guest interviews that will empower you to act. Come join me in failing forward one step at a time into the journey of health, wellness, and self-care. Welcome to your new project. Hi, Liza. Welcome to the show. Hi. Nice to, nice to finally meet you. Yeah. So we're going to really dive deep today in talking about different kinds of exercise. And as you've heard, all the things that Eliza specializes in, we're just going to kind of review that. So so Eliza, 
I think to get started, what are some of the different kinds of exercise that you would recommend people to do and why are they important? Like I know out there there's like HIIT training and there's cardio and there's weight training. Are they, do they yield different, like different results and just what's the difference? Yeah, sure. I mean, I always start with just asking somebody like what their goals are. And then I kind of like work backwards from there. Um, It's also important to think about what are things that they enjoy. So for example, you know, if someone hates yoga, like they hate, like just sitting there and not doing anything, I would never like suggest that to somebody to start, right? So you want to have a combination of what is appropriate for that, um, that person, what is something that they're not going to absolutely hate? And then what is something that's appropriate for whatever level that they're starting at and then kind of go from there. So for the HIIT training, you mentioned that that's like a huge popular thing now where, you know, you go all out, all out, all out, and then you rest, right? But most people actually aren't able to, they don't have that capacity to, to do that safely. So I would never like start somebody off who's maybe you know, 45, 50 on like burpees and then push-ups and things like that. You really want to start and meet them where they're at and then kind of go from there. So we would work on increasing their endurance and their strength and their form and their neurological adaptations. And then we would eventually get there if that was beneficial. So when you talk about, so when we're talking about cardiovascular exercise, what kinds of things are you talking about? And then the same with weight training. Like, just can you kind of go a little bit like deeper dive into that so that if people don't know what that is, you're able to kind of clarify for them? Sure. So like, what's the benefit of doing like weight training and the endurance or cardiovascular training? Yep. Sure. So the, the really important thing, and I like to bring this up with a lot of people is that they really like work well together. So a lot of the times you need a little bit of endurance and some cardiovascular health in order to really like get a good weight training session in. And then when you weight train, it actually helps you with your endurance because it increases things that will help you be able to like do the cardio better, right? So you kind of want to be able to do both. So to clarify the difference between what is the difference between weight training or resistance training and cardio, weight training, you're using resistance, you can use your body weight or bands, dumbbells, things you have access to, it's going to increase your muscle mass. And then your cardio is going to be things that are, you know, maybe you go for a run, or you go for a fast walk, or you cycle things that's like more using your heart and your endurance systems. Right. Yeah. I think that for muscle mass, I don't think that people understand that the more muscle mass that you create and that you have, it will help also increase your basal metabolic rate, meaning like what you require in terms of energy at rest. So it's really important as as you're saying. Yeah, it definitely increases your metabolism for sure. And that's, that's something, you know, people like, well, I don't really want to get bigger muscles. That's not something I really care about. And that's something I hear a lot because the majority of my clients are women. And I say, well, it takes a lot of time, consistency, effort, a lot of hours in the gym with eating a lot of food in order to really gain muscle. I mean, women, it typically, you know, takes them quite a bit of time to put, to put muscle mass on. So really what muscle is going to do is it's just going to make you like a little bit more sculpted and like tighter. It's not going to actually make you bigger. You know, yeah, I, 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 
Yeah, I was going to say, so I know that that's, that's what women I hear women say is like, oh, I don't want to get big. I don't, I don't want to gain a lot of muscle mass, but you're saying it's actually important to gain muscle mass. It is, it is. And one of the, the, there's so many cool things about, I could really like geek out about this forever, but there's so many benefits to, to increasing your muscle mass or the amount of lean, lean tissue that you have. It increases your ability to deal with carbohydrates that are circulating in your system. So the more muscle you have, the more almost like capacity or houses for those sugars to go. So if you get like, if you have a, an ice cream, let's say, um, instead of that sugar circulating and then being stored as fat, it's going to, you know, be more likely, it's more likely to be stored in your muscle fibers. Ice cream may not be in the best thing to, mm-hmm. for example, but um, it increases your ability to um, keep your blood sugar stable, which is going to give you better mood. It's going to give you better energy. It's going to help decrease things like the stress hormone, like cortisol, things like that, that can cause you to store um, fat in your, or adipose tissue in your like midsection. So it helps you sleep better, helps, I mean, there's so many things. So like, that's the thing is, so when, so are there, are there different time periods in our lives that we would require different kinds of exercise? So I know that you've talked about the benefits of cardio, and then also so many benefits to resistance training or building muscle mass, really strength training. So it sounds like also maybe at different periods in our lives, there may be a different requirement of what we should probably be doing. It may vary from what we did when we were like in our twenties, as opposed to when we're in our forties or fifties. Yeah. I mean, I really could come at this from, from a multitude of angles. I think one thing you want to think about is how trained is this person who is a little bit older. So if someone is coming to me and they're 50 years old, they have maybe, you know, done some light, you know, group exercise or maybe going, you know, gone occasional walks, bikes, things like that. I'm going to give them something completely different than I would somebody who's been you know, an athlete in their twenties, and then they were doing a pickup softball in their thirties and, you know, forties, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you really want to meet people where they're at. You know, if you have injuries, you want to make sure that you're structuring your workouts sort of around those. So as far as like, oh, is it appropriate? Should we be doing different kinds of things later in our life? Potentially, if you have an injury that keeps reoccurring, maybe you want to have a little bit less high impact stuff, right? If you have a, you know, a knee injury, you probably don't want to be doing, you know, you want to be jumping around and doing a ton of squats. You know, you want to be mindful of that and be doing things to, to, to support those injuries or to be mindful of those. Yes. But it sounds like you're saying that the cardiovascular component, as well as the, you know, building muscle mass, it is important, but it sounds like those would have to be modified what you do depending on, you know, what your fitness level is and according to how active you are. And then also maybe according to your age, right? Is that kind yeah. of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I should say too, I mean, when you get into like, I don't want to put a number on it, but when you get into like, let's say your fifties, I know you keep saying 50. I'm like, girl, I'm five years away. Uh- <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, it's funny. My dad is 60 something at this point. Like, fitter than like most 30 year olds. So I'm him. it's, but he, but he started to go to the gym, right? So he, it's taken him a little bit, a little bit of time. It's actually his birthday today. Happy birthday. Eliza's dad. 
but you do, what I was going to say is that you, you want to, you probably don't want to be working out as frequently and as hard. So even if you're somebody who's been doing it for a long time, you probably want to stick to like three to four days a week of strength training, you know, 20 to 30 sets ish, right. For the whole workout. Right. So like maybe, you know, five sets of squats and, you know, five sets of overhead press, you know, things like that. I don't want to get too specific, but. Um, yeah, so like that, so your what would volume, you do? Your volume should decrease a little bit over the course of a week, just so your body can recover. Because a lot of times I find when I work with older populations, they tend to. Wait, you're defining older as over 50. Uh, clarify that, right? When okay. you're saying older population, you're right. saying over After 50. College. <laughs> <laughs> anything people, over 20 no I'm people who are experienced and mature and wise <laughs> <laughs> and little call over 50 yeah so you want to like you know be mindful of that frequency but I was going to say too like a lot of people in that a little bit mature more mature demographic they tend to under eat and so if you under eat and you're training a lot you're just going to be spinning your wheels. You're going to be increasing your stress hormones and you're not going to be recovering. And when you go into muscle building or anything that requires work from the body, you want to be able to recover from it. Yeah. And that's, that's a problem across the board is people just aren't recovering. They're living stressful lives and then they're doing stressful workouts and, you know, and then having wine at night, not, you know, that's messing up their sleep cycle so even if they are sleeping eight hours, they're waking up, you know, three or four times a night. So I always look at the whole picture and say, how's your sleep? How's your digestion? And then kind of go from there. I mean, you, you, you deal with this all the day, all, you know, if, every, all day, every day, probably with your nutrition clients are. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's a good point. I am. I think that yeah, I, I think that I think to your point. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us like we just go like, okay, we're going to work hard, and then we're going to work out hard, and then we're going to do all these things. And then we just have these cortisol levels that are increased in our body. And then it's just like this constant state of inflammation. So mm-hmm. I wonder then, is it doing is there like things that you can do in terms of exercises, then do you recommend to do like yoga or meditation or something like that to kind of help counterbalance that? A 100%. I guess if you like it, right. Or you find something that that's a lower, I don't know. What is that? Like a lower lower impact, lower stress. Yeah. Lower stress. Yeah. I mean, again, I kind of like to look at the whole picture. So some, so if I say add in yoga, you want to do more yoga, a lot of women, and I don't want to generalize here, but a lot of women, if they're into the exercising thing, they're, they're clutching onto it. They don't want to let it go. I mean, I can't tell you how many clients I've had who, you know, they run five times a week, five miles. They need to get that in or they're going to gain weight. And when they've trusted me and like, and I've said, listen, we're going to cut it back to three days a week of running. You're going to run two miles. You're going to add strength training. It's going to be, you're in and out of the gym within 45 minutes. We're going to look at what you're eating, making sure that your blood sugar is good and you're recovering. We're going to look at your stress levels. We're going to try to find, to answer your question, ways to sort of decompress and get into that like rest and digest state, right? So Mm -hmm. maybe something like, you know, don't have your phone with you during lunch, you know what I mean? So that you can eat and have that food actually digest. 
you know, winding down, finding a nighttime routine. And when, when people follow that protocol, it's very hard for a lot of people, their body just completely transforms and they're doing less, they're eating more and they're feeling like more calm and they can like let go of that need to exercise every single day. And I deal with all different kinds of people, but that's been a population that is very hard to change their lifestyle or what they think is working for them. Well, it actually sounds like it's more beneficial for them because instead of just doing five days of cardio, they're doing, they're working their bodies in different ways, developing lean muscle, like different muscle groups. So it actually sounds more like efficient for them, but, and more balanced. But at the same time, I, I know what you're saying, like people want to do what has always worked for them. And it's probably easier for them to go through and do the same thing that they've always been doing as opposed to taking the time and, and creating and doing something different, even though in the long run, it's more beneficial. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is, and, and people are shocked and they're kind of like put off because they think I'm this like really sweet person. I'll be like, mm-hmm. like, well, this works for me. And I said, but is it, is it working for you? Like you're coming to me, you're coming to me because something isn't working. And I said, you, and I and sometimes I'll say like, you can always go back to the way you were doing it. If what I suggest doesn't work for you, or if you hate it, and like, you can always go back to that sweater that you, you know, always wore, you know what I mean? Just try this on, see how it feels. Trust me. Like I, I want you to do as well. I want you to do as well, just as much as you do. And then when they follow that, they're like, oh, this is like so crazy that I can do so much less. And I have all this free time. now. Like I'm not in the gym twice a day, you know? Yeah. And it's nice. I mean, I think that's the thing. It's like a control thing, right? Because they're paying you, people are paying you for your services, but then it's like probably hard to give up control, even though they know that they need your help to do something. I think that's, yeah. Yeah. That's a hard thing. I think for people, because for a lot of us, that's like the really all that you, like there's so many things that we can't control, especially right now. And that's something that, Oh, that's hang on to it, you know? Yep. Yep. And, and that's when I, I really, I try not to, you know, bring my own personal stuff in it. Cause I'm, you know, whenever I'm training somebody, it's about them. It's never about me, but if I can help them and say, listen, I've been there before, you know, I, you know, I've definitely been through periods of my life where I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, eating less, you know, doing cardio every single day. And it was very hard for me to like start to open up to the idea of eating more and not being afraid of carbohydrates and like going into the gym and being in and out, you know, within an hour, including warm up. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to trust that it's very scary. It's, it's a scary thing. And I think that another thing I feel like we see a lot in the fitness industry is this like all or nothing attitude. And I think like, what do you, what do you do for that? I mean, I, we, obviously we see it in, in nutrition with eating too, and there are different rules with it. I'm guessing that that all or nothing kind of attitude is pervasive in working with people as well on the oh, fitness routines. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that I, I deal with all the time and I'm a perfectionist too. I mean, I've dealt with this, like, I, you know, I think it's just part of being human is if you, if you can't do something well, then just don't do it. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. want to, we don't want to make mistakes. And if, especially now you bring it up during this time where like so much is out of our control, things that aren't going well, like we can't afford to do something else wrong and to make 
another mistake and to, to not do something else well. So with the all or nothing, I mean, okay, so to give you an example for myself, like back in the day, if I was starting my day and it was a perfect start to the day, and then I had, I ate something that wasn't on plan, right? Let's say that someone brought in like brownies to work and I had a brownie. Then it's like, then you start to feel bad about having that brownie. Then maybe you have another one. Cause you're like, well, I'm not going to work out anyways. Cause I don't want to look at myself in a gym mirror, knowing that that's what I had earlier. So then you don't work out that day. And then the next day you have a sugar hangover because you've eaten the wrong things. So it, it tends to be a, a domino effect that hangs around much longer than that brownie. Yeah. And right. I think and so when I bring that up to somebody and I say, well, what happens if you have the brownie and then you just go on with your day? It doesn't change what you're going to have for dinner. You don't try to like have a lettuce leaf for dinner. You actually have like a balanced meal. And then you get up the next day and you just continue on with your life. What would happen? And so I just encourage people to like, look at it differently. Like, don't like, you know, the, the, there's a phrase that like, if one of your tire, if one of your tires blows, like you don't get out of your car and like slash all the other ones. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. And you stepping back logically, you're like, Oh yeah, why would I do that? But that's what we do to ourselves all the time. Well, and I think too, with like the fitness part of it, I think it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, so you mentioned like you ate something. So say you feel like you overate, right. And now that like, self-deprecation starts to kick in. And then it's either, I feel like it's either this, like, well, I'm going to skip it. I'm not going to do anything today in terms of fitness, or it's the other end where I'm going to punish myself and do so much more because I want to make up for something that I did that was perceived that I shouldn't have done. And I'm guessing that you see that in your population as well, too. Oh, a hundred percent. And what it's, there's such a mental and emotional aspect to like the fitness and wellness industry that I feel like there are people addressing it more today than there was maybe 10 years ago. But when you eat the brownie or you eat something that you're not supposed to do, the problems come I've seen when it's, it's reaffirming to yourself. I'm not made up. I'm not cut out to do this. So you have the pizza and you're like, well, see, I'm not somebody who should be doing this. This is, yeah. or so I you, failed and whatever. I failed, yeah. you know? And so I encourage people to say you, if you have a piece of pizza, it doesn't mean that you're somebody who can't get fit and it's, you know, it's impossible. Look at those core beliefs, look at those, those things that you believe about yourself and really assess them and fact check them so that when you do something that doesn't align with your goals, it doesn't mean that it says anything about you as a person. It just means that you made a decision and then that's it. And then you can walk away. But if you make that decision and it's against what you are trying to become, then you take yourself out of the running. You take yourself out of the race, you know? Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So I feel like another thing that I hear in terms of the whole like fitness and people trying to work out is the whole like, I want to lose weight, but I just want to lose it in my stomach and I want to do something and I just want to lose weight in my thighs. So can you speak to, to that and, and kind of provide clarity on, on that line of logic and questioning that I think a lot of us find ourselves in? Yeah. Well, everybody is different. Everybody's different. Everybody is different. And we all hold body weight in different areas. Some of it 
so I'll say it right up front, there's no way to spot reduce. There's no yeah. way to spot reduce. One thing you can do is you can create more shape underneath the area that you're trying to improve. And then that can, you know, change the look of it as you're losing body fat, if that's your goal. But body fat accumulates sort of all over, right? And that's why, like, for example, I tend to hold more of my body weight in my lower, in my lower half, which is fine. It's something I've accepted. And, you know, I, I know that about myself. So what'll happen is, is if I'm, if I, you know, I'm losing body fat, I'll look, you know, shredded on top. And then I still have a ways to go in the bottom. You know what I mean? And I'm doing the same workouts that I would be doing if I was the other, other way around. So it's just a matter of like holding on. If you want to, you know, really improve that area, just keep doing what you're doing. And eventually that will come off. But if if you're somebody who tends to hold it in your, like your stomach, let's say, you know, there are some people who are just born with abs, you know what I mean? Like my husband, we joke and it's like, he'll, he'll walk up the stairs and I'm like, oh great. He's going to have a six pack instead of (laughs) some people just hold it differently. So it's just a matter of like following the plan, stick with your nutrition plan, your workout plan, and, and be excited about the areas that you, you see improvement that you love. You know what I mean? Don't wait until the end of the race to be like, oh, wow, look what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. I think like in terms of with weight loss and weight gain, it's, we don't just gain it in one place. It's distributed. Everybody it's distributed differently in each body. So it's the same when we're trying to lose it. And then it sounds like also when you're trying to work out, there's going to be things that you can do for different body parts, but ultimately it's going to be, you're going to lose weight all over. And then Mm -hmm. over time, it sounds like what you're saying is if you stick with your fitness routine and stick with eating, you know, eating not a lot of junk food and things like that, then you'll kind of get to where you need to be, but it's just continuing to do it. Right. Yeah. And, and to touch on something that you just, you just kind of brought up, you know, if there's an area that you're, you're really wanting to build and improve on one thing that I see people do is, you know, I'm not going to the gym right now, but when I was going to the gym, Wait, let's just say she's pregnant. She's having a baby soon. So that's why she's probably not going to the gym. Yes. Yes. And yes. she doesn't look pregnant from uh, this video, <laughs> <laughs> but she feels it. I'll send you a screenshot of me. I definitely <laughs> pregnant for sure. But what I see is a lot of girls, they go in and they, they work on their, like, let's say like their glutes, their butts, like that's a big thing right now. So they go in and they, they work their, their lower body every single day. And, you know, cause that's the part they care about, or they do abs every single day, or they don't really want bigger arms. They want bigger shoulders. So they'll just lift shoulders every single day. I used to be one of those people. And what you do is you end up setting yourself up for making no changes in those areas because your body, your, your glutes, you know, you can't work them out every single day and have them change. If you're, if you're, you know, just hitting them every day, you have to let them recover. So, you know, working extra hard on a body part, isn't going to necessarily give you any changes in those body parts. You have to like, let them recover in order to see the change. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what do you recommend? Like just kind of doing something every other day? Like how, what do you recommend? Like one time a week doing lower body, one time of the week doing upper body. How, what do you normally recommend? Well, if you're just the basics and getting started, what would you recommend? Just the basics getting started. You probably want to be lifting three to four days a week. Really? Okay. Yeah. And so that could be upper body or lower body. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different approaches. And again, this is, you know, it goes against my like 
philosophy, my code altogether to be like, and this is what you should do because yeah, I, totally. Cause it's individualized. But, yeah. but for example, you could do something like a, you know, upper, lower, upper, lower, or you could do an upper body, lower body, full body, upper body, lower body, full body. I mean, it, de- it really, really depends, but you want to have enough stimulus in the muscle in order to make the change. And I think a lot of people, this is something when I, I ran in, when I first started training people, you know, training is not cheap. So someone would come in, you know, once a week to train with me at this corporate gym and they would work really hard, but then I wouldn't see them for a week. And you know what I mean? So that's why I always give people homework and things to do in between in order to see the changes. So if you want to, you know, strength train one day a week, it's better than nothing just for your body. But in order to see those changes, you've got to be doing strength training more than twice a week. And then the other days, are you then doing something like cardiovascular? So you're having a balance of both of them? Not even necessarily. I mean, movement is great just for circulation. You know what I mean? So I mean, we're all sitting more now. I mean, I used to be standing all day. I'm, I have to force myself to get up. So you want to make sure you're getting movement in, but you don't have to get an elliptical machine every single day in order to see changes. You just want to make sure you're, you're trying to stay active, maybe go on a short walk, but you don't have to do cardio every day. Okay. Yeah, that's helpful. And then, and then one last question before we, we wrap up. I want to talk a little bit about the post-recovery workout. So I feel like, or the post-workout, what do you do? I feel like some people will work out and they're just doing like not really an intense workout. And then they're drinking like a whole bunch of Gatorade and probably things they probably don't even need. So what do you recommend typically for, for your clients in terms of like a, a recovery meal? I know some people do the Shakeology and different things like that. So I, I know that we can probably find things that are around and a little bit more present in our household than Shakeology. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to think of the workout window as kind of the before and then the after. So I like to kind of see what's happening before, before the workout and after. So before the workout, you want to have something that's going to really fuel you and carry you through the workout. So something with a quick carb source is great. Like, you know, if you're working out in the morning, maybe a banana with a Greek yogurt or a protein shake, something like that. Something that's going to digest really quickly and fuel your muscles to work out. And then afterwards, what you want to do is depending on how hard you're working out, that's when you would determine how many carbohydrates you want to have after. If you're going to the gym and you're doing a light workout, you don't need a ton of carbohydrates before and after. But I guess to answer answer your question... Post-workout, you want to have carbohydrates and protein. And we are, you know, typically very low in our protein as Americans, you know, throughout throughout the day. So you want to make sure you're getting like between like 30 and 50 grams of, of protein. And that's enough to kind of stimulate the muscle to create that muscle protein synthesis. So that could be something like, like a Greek yogurt post or like having like an egg and a piece of toast, right? Something like that. Honestly. So yeah. So apple and peanut butter. Yeah. So, okay. Actually. So an egg has like seven grams of protein, which is like so disappointing. It is. (laughs) You find a bigger egg out there. So honestly, you'd probably want to have, if you were eating like whole eggs, you'd probably want to have like four eggs. A couple. Yeah. So that's, you know, you really want to like help that muscle recover 
And there's a essential amino acid called like leucine. And you want to have like 2.5 grams of that, you know, post-workout. And you need- what is leucine? What would you recommend to put that in? The leucine. So, so leucine is just, it's, it's an amino acid that's a building block of proteins. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten into it. So you want to have, you know, like 30 to 50 grams of protein after you work out in order to like really help your body recover from that muscle damage. Cause that's, that's what you're doing when you're working out, you're creating like little micro tears in your muscle fibers. And then the carbohydrates that you would have post-workout, like a banana or rice or potato, something like that, that's going to help replenish the glycogen in your muscles for, from the work that you did. And typically you want to have something a little bit lower fat post-workout because the lower fat is going to help. If you have too much fat, it's going to slow the digestion of your protein and your carbs. And you want those things to go right to the, right to the body. So that it can use them for energy. Right. So having like a big salad post-workout, that's a lot of fiber and it's going to take a long time for your body to like break that down and like distribute it where you want it to go. And post-workout, you want to just recover as fast as you can, get those nutrients right in. So I guess you could even just do a shake. Yeah, you can do a shake. Just do a shake because most of those have to like have like 20 grams of protein and have some carbs depending on the the shake that you do. Yeah, a shake would be fine if you're in a pinch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Well, Eliza, I can't thank you so much for coming on today. I can't thank you enough. I feel like all the knowledge that you've just provided is just really helpful. And it's just, it's just really nice to get an approach that's just so individualized. And that's kind of like, it seems like it's doable. Yeah. Like that. I mean, my best advice for somebody who's just starting to work out is, is find, find a plan that you can really like stick with. You know what I mean? Don't make it too complicated. Don't, don't set yourself up to, you know, to fail. Don't say, Oh, I'm going to go work out every single day. Realistically, how many days can you, can you make it? And then, and then try to make it those days. And maybe it is only three days a week, but that's when you build the confidence and that like, you know, that self-efficacy to keep going. Yeah. You know? Now, Eliza, where can my ladies find you at? Where, where do you usually hang out? Well, I do have a three-year-old, so I'm trying not to be. So I can't nowhere. Be yeah. I, don't know where. I have no life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and your, your baby is due when? October 30th. Yeah. So yes. So, coming up. Challenging coming up. No, but it's good. It's my husband's super helpful with everything. So appreciate him. Shout out to Jeff. Yeah, he's great. But I'm on Instagram at Eliza Nelson Fit. That's probably the best place to, to find me. And I'm on Facebook. My my business name is Breakthrough Fitness by Eliza. Breakthrough is T H R U and by Eliza. So you can find me on Facebook. But yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Really fun. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you. If you found value in this podcast, Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Being a busy woman or mom doesn't mean that we have to give up on our health, wellness, or self-care. Together, we can take tiny, imperfect steps towards creating the whole health we desire and deserve. You can find us at wholehealthempower.com or on Instagram at wholehealthempower. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.